You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, my friends. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Between You and Me podcast. The place where we have music makers talk about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jessica Morris and I am your host. And we are up to episode 49, which is exciting because episode 50 next week and that just feels important. I mean, like we could wait to celebrate until 100 and I'll probably do some sort of like social media posts with like, I don't know, balloons or something for that. But I mean, 49 just feels good right now. We need to celebrate anything and everything during COVID-19. So I'm just going to take this one and run with it. And I'm really excited for this week's guest, which is Nicole Unser, a country music singer. And she is just going to talk all about overcoming trauma. And trust me, I know it sounds intense. It's going to be a good time. But before I get to that, A friendly reminder that if you love the podcast, we would love for you to connect with us online. You can find us on Instagram at Between You Me Pod. We are also on Facebook. And hey, if you love what you hear, please go and hit subscribe. I don't know why you haven't done it yet if you haven't, because I say this every week. So go to Apple iTunes or Spotify and hit follow so that every time a new episode comes up, then it lands right on your iPhone or whatever gadget you have so you can listen to it. If you own an iPhone, please go on Apple Podcasts and go and hit that star rating and say a few kind words. We would appreciate that. If all those fails compliment the accents. Thank you. Or you could be like our friend Tammy, who last week found our podcast thanks to Matthew West, who shared our Here's to Hope episode. And she was kind enough to jump on our Facebook page and recommend us. So thank you for your kind words, Tammy. And I quote, love this. Gives you a lot of feel-good moments. Thanks for sharing, Matthew West. Love it. All the heart emojis. I mean, I feel very loved with this. Thank you, Tammy. You are a legend for numerous reasons. And if you would like to be like Tammy, go hit our Facebook page now. We are at facebook.com forward slash between you me pod. You're welcome. All right. All that promo stuff done. Let's get to the episode. This is a really good gritty one. I mean, today is like, there's no shallow water here. We are diving straight into the deep end and running with it. Nicole Unser is... Uh, I would sort of say an up-and-coming country music artist, but the thing is that she has been doing this for years, and she just knows herself so well. She has been through the Nashville train, she has come back home, and she she just, she knows herself, she's gone through a whole lot of healing. So today, you'll not only hear about her upcoming album, Wyoming, you'll hear her thoughts about uh, wholeness, how we overcome our own sense of inadequacy in our life to feel fulfilled. Uh, how she has found healing in God after becoming a Christian quite late in life. She talks a little bit about adoption um, and she also talks a bit about mental health. So specifically, she talks a lot about uh, her mum and childhood trauma growing up. And a heads up, she does talk a little bit uh, about an incident that happened when she was a child where her mum attempted uh, to suicide. We've edited this very carefully, uh, so there shouldn't be any triggering content or words in it, but please know that there will be a story about that. Uh, probably in about the third section. After you hear the second song, Nicole is just going to be sharing that story. It's quite incredible and it's really formative to the rest of the podcast. But if that's something you're going to struggle with, feel free to hit that forward button. Totally understand. And so you guys know, we will have some find help resources at the end of this episode and in the show notes, because let's be honest, we all go through this stuff and we could all use an extra hand. So if you need that help, it's there. All right, let's let's get to it, guys. Welcome to our first country music guest. Can you believe it? It's taken us 49 episodes to get to country music. For, for a show that's half based in Nashville, I don't know how this happened. Guys, meet our new friends, Nicole Unser. Once upon a time, Nicole Unser would have told you that she lives and breathes country music. With influences like Reuben McIntyre to Leanne Wimmer and Don Williams, the singer-songwriter from Riverside in Washington State has had a voice compared to people like Jewel and Dolly Parton. So how did the storyteller end up in Nashville and then return back home to Washington? Well, by finding out that success is less about fame and fortune and more about telling stories that need to be told. 
that and the fact that no amount of applause or album sales will fulfill you. Nicole first made her mark when she became state champion in the 2012 Texaco Country Music Showdown New Mexico. That was hard to say. A nationwide talent contest. Her voice was full of the huskiness and twang that Nashville loved, and that same year, she and her husband moved across the country to pursue her music making dreams. During this time, she performed at legendary venues like the Ryman Auditorium and Nashville's Bluebird Cafe, but she never found her big break moment. It came for her in 2015, a year after she and her husband had moved back to their home state of Washington. Now in this year, she released her independent EP, Everything Good, but she also picked up first place in the 2015 unsigned only music competition. She was selected as a winner from over 7,000 entries from more than 100 different countries. And it wasn't just Nicole's career that found its footing once she returned home. Her sense of success and purpose did too. Nicole found that sense of purpose in her local juvenile justice centre. You see, after hearing a friend at church discuss their weekly ministry at Onkangong County Juvenile Detention Centre, Nicole felt compelled to join them. And it soon turned into her passion as she began to listen to the kids and hear about their lives as they wrestled with addiction, dealing drugs and other traumas, her perspective shifted. And as she watched them heal, she also began to heal from her own childhood wounds. In 2017, Nicole's life took another turn when her two teenage cousins moved in. They became like her daughters and this story weaved its way into her music. She saw that her music was more than about herself and began performing in houses, churches and small groups, sharing her story and using her music to reflect the healing she had experienced. These turned into her story nights, where she would tour across the US sharing her songs of hope and honesty. Two of these songs, When the Smoke Clears and Lighthouse, were released as singles during this time, but Nicole still felt a calling to share more. They paved the way for Nicole's upcoming album, Wyoming, which will be out in September. Dropping a single every month until the album is released, fans and friends rallied and crowdfunded for the heartfelt project. Her first single, Good Enough, revealed the story of a stripped-back, fragile, yet strong soul who was thought to be enough her whole life. Released during Mental Health Month, she set the tone for the vulnerability in her future singles. Her soulful, raspy tones continued in the brave Fear You Don't Own Me and You Give. However, fans really grasped the metaphoric nature of the album when Nicole released the single, Wyoming, a narrative she penned while helping her daughters to reconcile with a family member. Followed by Show Up, Nicole has placed everything on the table, using her country tones and songwriting ability to ask God the tough questions and reveal what it means to work through our own trauma in order to experience the fullness of God in our lives. In addition to this, Nicole releases weekly Lyric Bites, where she takes friends and fans through the lyrics of her songs online, leading people through their own journey of healing. Today, May 1, Nicole releases her fifth track from the album, a heartfelt ode to her adopted daughters, called Dear Daughter. I spoke to Nicole about what it means to let go of a hand-me-down religion, why she chooses to speak so openly about mental health, and what happens when God shows up and we begin the long journey to heal from trauma. You are going to love this wonderful woman. Meet Nicole Unser. So, just for starters, for all our friends who have never met you before, who is Nicole Unser? Well, that is a wonderful question. And you know, the first place my mind takes me with that is the fact that I would answer that question much differently um, depending on the season of life. And so if, if I was asked that question growing up, uh, I think I would be tempted to say things like, well, Nicole answer is um, she's a burden or she's an accident. Um, my, the way my story started out was steeped in mental illness in my household and so I believed a lot of lies about who Nicole was and who I was. And, and then in my mid-teens to my mid-20s, I, I probably would have answered that question in the ways that I was striving to, you know, to, to fill that void. So I probably would have said, well, she's a singer and she's a songwriter um, and she's a performer and, and just all of the labels that I was wearing to try to outrun my pain. And it's just so exciting now because I get to answer that question with the certainty that Nicole is a daughter of God, that Nicole is loved and worthy and valued. And, and then out of that, I get to be wife and mom and friend and worship leader uh, and author and songwriter secondarily to, to being a daughter of God. That's amazing. I love that. Thank you for being so vulnerable so quickly. <laughs> I, I tend to like to dive right in. <laughs> we are going to get on so well then. 
I'm right here for that. So that's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, music is obviously a really big part of your story mm-hmm. and it's been sort of a constant in the ups and downs of every season of life. Can you tell me how you initially fell in love with country music and how it took you to this point? Yes. Well, uh, like a lot of kids in public school, uh, I started playing viola in the fifth grade as soon as it was offered in orchestra. And uh, the viola is the one that you hold up like a violin, but it's a little deeper like a cello. Uh, A lot of people say, what what the heck is a viola? And, (laughs) you know, in fifth grade, I I loved the sound of the cello, but I didn't want to lug that heavy thing around. And then I was listening to fifth graders just shriek on the violin. And I thought, no, 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 that won't do either. (laughs) So I chose the one in the middle. And uh, I played all the way through uh, my senior year of high school. And then in college, I picked up the guitar, started playing guitar and piano and writing songs. And so it's always been music has always been a part of my life. And then with each season, um, there has just become deeper and deeper layers of how God has spoken to me through music and then how he's asked me to speak to others through music as well. Yeah. Um, So you have released, prior to your album, Wyoming, did I say that right? I'm an Australian and can't pronounce states very well. (laughs) That was perfect, Wyoming. Yes. Yes, Yes, thank you. Just have to check these things. I'm American Um, and a lot of people tell me I don't pronounce things right. So we're in the same boat. Well, Great. Thank you for making me feel like I belong here. I appreciate that. Um, So you've released an EP a few years ago and your new album, Wyoming, is coming out in September, but you're sort of dropping singles every month before that. Mm -hmm. Um, What makes Wyoming so unique for you in your music journey right now and your story? Yeah, that's a great, a great question. Um, It's, it's, About a year ago, I had a song, one of the songs off the album, I had a song called Good Enough. I was walking on the treadmill and this just, the song just started pouring out to me, um, through me while I walked on the treadmill. And it was so perfect because the song is all about this, um, what I've come to realize is a universal human struggle with um, just not feeling good enough. And uh, I decided I am also in my, all my spare time, a substitute teacher here locally at our school. And I summer was about to be coming upon us. And I thought, you know what, I could either get a nice safe job in town, working at a coffee shop or something like that for the summer until school starts back up. Or I, I could be really brave and I could start hosting house shows where I just invite people to have me into their home and, and to talk about this universal experience of not feeling good enough and this search for significance um, that we are all on pretty much from the womb. And so I decided to, to, to be brave and to step into this whole new world. Um, I had only in the past been booking shows at your, you know, your regular places. Um, and so I put the word out there and then I ended up with a summer full of these house shows. And the way, the way it's so amazing having someone open up their living room to you. They just invite friends and family and people they love to get together and then to use music as a vehicle to walk people through their stories and to invite God into their stories in a whole new way. So amidst a summer of doing that with people, I ended up taking my two adopted daughters to Wyoming. Uh, where they were born to see their grandpa that they haven't seen since they were little girls. Oh, wow. It it was an incredible journey. And along the way, um, I, I was just talking to the girls about their story. And, and as we traveled back to a place that was emotionally hard for them, we talked about this concept of how um, our stories if, if we don't learn how to invite God into our stories, how to look at them critically, how to invite God even to retell parts of them and to redeem parts of them, then our stories become like a giant boulder sitting on top of us and we just stay stuck. And some people stay stuck for 10, 20, 40, 50 years, entire lifetimes. And so I was talking with them about how they have the opportunity to while they physically go back to emotionally go back and let God start dealing with some of these emotions in order that they could move forward. And 
we get to Wyoming, we get to their grandpa's house, and um, I go on a walk and give them some time to hang out. And as I'm walking, just in cadence with my step, this song starts pouring out, and I just start singing these lyrics. Why, oh, Wyoming, got me wondering why, oh, why me? And it's just this girl who's going back to the last place she remembered who she was in order to move forward with her life. And so that song, while it is a literal story about a girl going back to Wyoming to remember who she was, I thought, wow, this is actually the perfect analogy for the entire uh, story nights that I'm doing. And then the entire album, which is just all the songs that I do at a story night, which is the invitation that we all have to go back in order to move forward. If we'd stay in just one place, things be different or turn out the same. What if I had my mom and dad and not just my uncle and aunt? What if we'd stay in just one place? What if you your daughter incredible story I love that the album is built on that um and that your your songs are so autobiographical and there's something so profoundly personal in each of them um I was listening to show up which is your April song of the month and you've been going through it every week um with with listeners and really like taking it apart so that they can experience healing in their own life can you tell me about Show Up? Because this is one of the songs that I was like, wow, like this is different and unique in country music and in Christian music as well. Yes. Well, uh, I was reading, actually, I wrote that song about a year ago and I was reading two books that really, really um, were a catalyst for it. One of them was called The Eternal Current by Aaron Nyquist. And the other was called Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. And both of these books are about the idea that um, to experience true transformation, it requires getting still with God and getting raw and vulnerable with God. And one of the reasons, um, there are a few reasons why I think our culture does not, I mean, just our world in general today, does not, is not able to get still with God is because one, unfortunately, I don't know that many of us are taught how we're told, we're, we're told a lot of what's, what we should and shouldn't do, what we should or shouldn't say as good Christians, right? But uh, I think that we could really use a good helping of being taught how. How do I, sure, I want to slow down. I want to give myself to God. But when I sit down at the table and I say, okay, I'm going to do my 20 minutes of silence and solitude because I know it's good for me. Well, goodness, if you've ever tried it, you sit so hard. <laughs> Your your mind races around the room and then it floods out into the house. You're thinking of the dishes that need to be done and the laundry that needs to be folded and, and all of these things. Um, but below that layer, that, that top layer of busyness is actually a fear uh, many times that if I get still with God, then what? Because there's a reason we stay busy and we stay running, running, running on the go. Because these are really hard things that we've built up defense mechanisms to not have to feel. Um, we, 
for most of us, there are seasons in our life where, yes, we needed to just be able to get by. And those defense mechanisms served a purpose for a certain amount of time. But, but there comes a time when we have to say, okay, I'm recognizing that I needed that then. But now I have the opportunity to come to God and to say, okay, let's deal with these so that I, I'm not wearing a mask anymore, so that I can be my authentic real self that you created me to be. And one of my fears as I sat down in silence and solitude uh, and as I started to try to do that regularly was... Um, some of the lyrics in the song, what if you don't come for me, God? What if I show up and you don't? Um, what if you don't comfort me? What if all these hopes and dreams that I have are just shelved and they, they never come to pass? And those fears can keep us just striving and striving to um, find significance, you know, to run from that that sense of worthlessness and and can keep us from getting still. And so I, it just poured out on my personal experience of my own fears and doubts and, you know, things that kept me from getting still with God. Yeah. I, I um, really like that you so explicitly state those questions, like what if you don't come through? Um, mm-hmm. Because I think it's something that well, everyone goes through if we, if we let ourselves ask those questions. But for a lot of us who have grown up in the church, we're sort of culturally taught we're not meant to like we're Mm -hmm. not meant to ask all those things because that's lacking of faith but it's actually just part of the human experience um yes and so I really appreciated like you actually go what if we were that vulnerable with God that we open it up to him so that he can then enter in and rebuild and work through whatever's inside of us because it's not something like you said that we're taught or that we take for granted because it just happens Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm mm-hmm um, one of the lines in Show Up that really stood out to me and was like that I have to talk to you uh, was when you talk about having a divided heart and a hand-me-down religion mm-hmm. and it's so specific and something that I think a lot of people can relate to um, depending how they've grown up. But can you tell me what the process was of actually identifying what that hand-me-down religion was in your own life uh, and how you found healing in that? Absolutely. And that does come in many different um, shapes and forms because I did not grow up in the church. When people ask me, what denomination did you grow up? I say, heathen. That's <laughs> and, amazing. <laughs> and so I, I came to know God in my early 20s. And so I didn't have some of the baggage that a lot of people have from growing up in the church. Um, but it is interesting that Many times, I think as we are growing up in the faith, even if we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever age it is, there are hand, things that are just handed to us as a fact. Um, and unfortunately, one of those things is that the pursuit of God is mostly intellectual or academic. And to, to kind of explain what I mean, I, when I read this book, Eternal Current by Aaron, uh, he just described my exact experience because he's a fellow worship leader as well. And he wrote how about how dissatisfied that he had become with the whole Sunday morning routine of three rock songs and a hymn, labeling that worship, being talked at for 40 minutes, and then rushing out to beat the Baptist to the buffet. Yeah? Uh, that's, <laughs> yes. that's the Nicole paraphrased version. And for the record, I have no problem with Baptists or buffets, but uh, <laughs> I think that while the Western church has a lot to offer, like potlucks, uh, I, I found myself, yes. <laughs> oh, she is witnessing over there. So yes. I found myself, though, starting to wonder, man, how did we fall into this sermon centric model uh, of doing church? that for the most part only engages us intellectually and academically and and a faith that is really heavy on words but is quite light on actual engagement with each other and with God and maybe even starving for an actual encounter with God for ourselves. And so I've come to find that while information and inspiration and entertainment are all well and good, that real transformation comes from a more, you know, full-bodied engagement between God's spirit and ours. So that's mind, yes, but also body. Listening to what story our body is telling with my tight muscles and my shortness of breath, 
that maybe God might want to speak to me through that, you know, through my heart. What, what story is my heart telling? What are my deepest longings and desires? And what does God want to say to me through those? And then, like you mentioned, our emotions as well. Um, I, I, I just find that it's not very helpful to label something as bad. That is bad. Don't feel that way. Well, okay. Yeah, right. I do. So now what? You know, um, rather than that saying, okay, um, I am. I, I, this is part of my human experience. Instead of ignoring it, I'm going to say, God, what do you want to say through it? Because only when God speaks, that, that is when it is finished, right? When he speaks into something, that is when we can then move forward through it. And so this whole uh, a heart of division and a hand-me-down religion is when we have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And we don't even realize it because many times we many times we build up these trust structures and it might even be a trust structure. I might be trusting the government to provide for me. I might be trusting um, that my pastor, um, I, I mean, I might be kind of living out of my pastor's faith and and it's this hand-me-down experience where I haven't dug in for myself because I've either been too afraid to go there or people told me I wasn't allowed to go there. And so it's an invitation to say, you can't live through your pastor. You can't live through your parents. And uh, as COVID is showing us right now, you certainly can't depend on social structures because in the blink of an eye, all can come crashing down and the world as you know it can be upside down. And at that point, what, what do you do? You've got to dig in with God for yourself. conversation to talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Do you create wedding videos, podcasts, ads, content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century? Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high-quality royalty-free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curated playlists, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects, this is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now, back to the show. Um, something that, a theme that runs across so many of your songs uh, is mental health and I know that you last September um, you released a song for mental health month um, can you tell me a little bit about why 
what prompted you, one, to actually speak or sing about mental health so openly? Um, but why, why is it so important to you? Absolutely. It's a huge part of my story. Growing up, my mom was diagnosed uh, with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. And so our experience as kids was um, kind of living in a state of, state of uncertainty, not never quite knowing what to expect. We would get home from school. Mom would either be, you know, um, vacuuming in a frenzy like the world was going to end and, and couldn't even hear us, or she'd be locked away in her bedroom um, because you have high highs and low lows with the, the bipolar. And um, if that bedroom door was shut, we just knew it'd be shut for a few days and we'd have to kind of fend for ourselves. And um, she attempted to take her life several times throughout my childhood. And then on my 16th birthday um, was actually the last time that she attempted suicide. And my dad had taken me out to get a pair of uh, pink Puma tennis shoes. What was I thinking? But I wanted those pink Puma tennis shoes. <laughs> and um, we knew that holidays uh, and birthdays and anniversaries and those sorts of things um, are always a trigger for mental illness. And a lot of times it's the stress that comes along with the preparations and the expectations around those sorts of things. And so at, when we were gone, we kept calling my mom at home just to check in and she wasn't answering the phone. And so we knew that something was wrong and we needed to rush home. And and when we got home, my dad flung the front door open and smoke came billowing out of the house. And he ran inside and he called the ambulance. And all that I can remember of that day is standing in the front yard. And uh, my birthday's in October, October 6th. And so, you know, we have the, the brisk autumn air and the, the vibrant red and orange leaves on the trees falling all around me. But I, I never did go inside that day. And uh, it, it was just it was too dark in there. And, and as I remember back, it's all kind of hazy. I can't remember. I, I know that the ambulance came and got her. And I know that they told my parent or my dad that if we had been five minutes later, she might not have made it. Um, but I can't remember when I go back and I walk around in that memory, I can't remember the ambulance showing up with their sirens blaring. I can't remember them bringing her out on the gurney. I can't remember where my brother was and who took him. Um, but my, my best friend, Liz, she came over and got me and I went over to her house and my mom was hospitalized that day and she was in the hospital, uh, nearly up till Christmas. And I remember that, uh, my brother and I, uh, were wanting to get a Christmas tree so bad. And my dad just kept saying, no, we're not going to get it until your mom gets home. And we went and visited her only one time in the hospital and it was just too weird. We were buzzed through several security doors and, and she was, you know, in the the uh, scrubs that they give them to wear there. And, and we were supposed to sit there and play Candyland like it was all normal, you know. And it was just too weird. And so we visited her the one time and then we just waited for her to get home. And, you know, it's a bittersweet thing because she got on a cocktail of, of medication that time. And it really did help with the schizophrenia, which is hearing voices in your head. Um, she later told us that she would hear voices in her head when we were little kids, uh, when she would pick us up from school, telling her to drive the car off the cliff. And there are so many instances that I just thank God, thank you, thank you, thank you, because I can see his hand of protection all through the years before I ever knew him or chose to follow him. And she has been on that, those same, that same medication now for the last 16 years. And that was the last time she attempted suicide. Um, but it's it's a bittersweet on my first album I have a song called getting by and it's about that double-edged sword of medication where um, it keeps it brings your highs down a little lower and it brings your lows up a little higher but a lot of people end up feeling totally numb and and a lot of people end up um, stopping their medication because they would rather feel something you know than nothing at all they would rather feel crazy um, I've heard some people say than feel nothing at all and thankfully my mom, uh, she has, she's just stayed regularly on them and it, and it, it has kept her stable. Um, but I also sometimes wonder if, if while medication can be good for a time, if it has stopped her from being able to heal from some of these things, um, that I talk about at my story nights. And so I'm thankful for it. Um, but, uh, 
that's why I'm so passionate about talking about it and inviting people to talk to God about it uh, so that they can heal and maybe move past it. And for some people, I totally, totally, totally know that it is a chemical imbalance. It is a physical problem in the brain and that they absolutely need the medication to level out that physical balance um, in their body. But, uh, you know, I, I have never been accused of being real quiet, as you can tell. I've always been a talker. <laughs> and as a communicator, I, I've found it easy to be open about my story. And as I've shared it over the years, I've found that each time I talk about something hard, a hard part of my story, that it gets a little easier, that there are a few less tears. And so um, that's why I'm so excited about these story nights as well, just to invite people to tell their stories. And I'm working on uh, a journal right now that actually will t- will be like um, my story night guided experience on paper for people to do at their own pace. So it will take them through the songs. And I take what's called sacred pauses to allow God to speak into their story. And then um, by the end, what I hope that people will have is what what we hear about in Revelation. It says we will overcome by the word of our test, by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of our testimony. And so I just pray that this journal um, would allow the space for God to pour out the blood of the lamb over people's stories. And that what they will take away at the end is literally the word of their testimony in written form as they have filled out different spaces throughout the journal that they can then put together to have a good well, um, clearly communicated version of their story that they can share with, with people. That is so good. Oh, and it's so important. I love that verse as well. It's something I've clung to so many times. Um, as a communicator, it's like, you sort of like, yes, that's why it's powerful. That's what God does. Um, when do you have a set release date yet for the journal or are you just a work in progress? Yeah. So, it is a work in progress, and I, I hope to have just kind of um, my own homemade working copies available for people on my website in the next couple of months, so sometime this summer, Sweet. and I'm, I, I'm doing a stillness series that you mentioned a little earlier called Lyric Bites with this song yes. show up, and so I take, I take the song show up, and lyric by lyric, one episode at a time, there, are, there will be five episodes total. Um, four of them, uh, I'm, I'm uploading the fifth one on Monday. So, um, what it does is the first half is a reflection on how the lyric relates to your life. And the second part is a practice where you get to actually stop and move beyond intellectual and into actual experience with God. And I love having that available during uh, quarantine right now, while all of us are kind of locked down. And I love that the journal will become available this summer at a time when we will be tempted um, as quarantines kind of lift and as we'll begin, we, we will be uh, beginning coming out of our homes and going back into quote unquote regular life. Um, I love that the journal will be available then because I just hope that we do not go back to life as usual after all of this. I hope that we will um, fully receive this invitation to slow down and not just physically to slow down mentally to slow down in our heart and in our spirit and look at some of our priorities and maybe we need to reprioritize um, parts of our life to begin experiencing regular rhythms with God and so the journal will be a tangible way to regularly check in with God and engage with him through our story. Just how I feel for an unbroken heart. There's no need to heal. It'd be butterflies and open skies, nothing but open my little blue eyes. If I was five, if I was fifteen, I know just what I'd do. I'd believe all his lies like they were.
when I speak to you, it's it's so evident that you have gone through such a process of like inner healing and just searching yourself um, and and just transformation in your own life, just to come to a point where you where you seem to just have so much clarity. And you seem to be so firm in, in knowing who you are and where you're from um, and battling anything that comes your way from that standpoint. How how have you found healing from your own struggles in your life um, from a spiritual perspective but even from like an emotional perspective, whether it was counselling or um, a new way of practising something in life? Mm, yes. So God is so amazing because um, I love that it's that that Jesus was at the foundation of of the world with God. So it wasn't like Adam and Eve ate the fruit and God went, "Oh, whoops, we need to create something now to fix this." You know, uh, he wasn't surprised, and Jesus existed far before I needed him to. Right, and. I, I think it's the same with all of our healing journeys that God has had this healing path um, since the foundation of the earth, just ready and waiting for us to embrace it. And so first and foremost, it, it sounds overly simplistic, but it's the truth. It is um, a continual checking in with the Holy Spirit and asking him, hey, you know me better than I know myself. You know what I need more than just what I want. I desperately, it's this desperate need to be guided and led by the Spirit of God. And then he will lead us to whether it's a book we need to read, whether it's a mentor that we need to meet, whether it is uh, counseling, maybe medication for some people, maybe um, maybe a, a hobby that, that um, as we engage in this hobby, God just, you know, just does replenishing within us, whatever it might be, only the Holy Spirit knows what it is. And so one of the mistakes that I have actually made over the years is relying too much on uh, an intellectual pursuit and trying to figure everything out myself um, and always feeling like, oh man, if I just could find the right book, if I could just, you know, um, any number of, of different things that I could come up with myself. Then, then I will, um, I will feel like I'm somebody. And what I've found again and again, anything good and healing and life giving that has come to me has been through seeking the Holy Spirit wholeheartedly. And so um, it's so different for every person. And so anyone who would lay out a formula for someone's healing um, is probably well meaning, but is truly lacking the power, you know, uh, of God, because he is the source of all wisdom and all knowledge and all healing. And so I would tell someone to become desperate on their knees before God and give their whole heart to him. And uh, I could cry right now, actually just thinking about it, because he will always come through with whatever it is you need. And so, like I said, it has been books, it has been mentors. Um, I have done some counseling and various things, but it's always spirit led. Yeah. I um read a quote this week that said I think like your like your your the desperation is the doorway to your greatest breakthrough. And what you said then reminded me of that. Just when we're when we just nearly like unleash and let everything out before God, that's when like he goes, Yep, I'll take you and, and lead you. And I love that. It's been so true in my life as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um your next single is Dear Daughter, and you already talked a little bit about it at the start, well, about the story of your daughters and going back to Wyoming. Um, but can you tell me a little bit about, about the process of adopting your daughters and um, and what like what the song actually means to you? Absolutely. Um, so the, the stories that I explained to you about my mom, I have a song called Bittersweet 16 about that. And when I was going into the studio in January, I thought that would be the song to choke me up and, you know, that was going to be the hardest to record. But it turns out that I really have gotten so much healing between my mom and I um, that, uh, that 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 wasn't the case. But 
when I went to record this song, Dear Daughter, that is when I unexpectedly broke down in the studio and, and kind of had to just take some time to uh, slowly get through that one. And my, my girls, they are technically my second cousins, so they are family of mine, and they have been living with us for three years. They moved in as teenagers, and it's so amazing what God will do uh, with every act of surrender that we give him, because uh, since they've moved in, we have walked through a lot of the consequences of trauma that tend to come out in our behavior, all of us humans. Um, we are fooling ourselves if we think that our unaddressed trauma is not leaking out onto the people around us because it always, uh, eventually, that always ends up happening. But what I love about God is that he wastes nothing. And as as we have um, talked to the girls about being a part of our family um, and described to them that, hey, we, we haven't invited you to just live under our roof. Um if you would like someone's roof to live under, let us know who that is and we'll we'll take you there and drop you off. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you'd like to be part of a family, then we're inviting you to sit down at the family table. And that that family isn't just blood. It is people who do life together. And, and what I love about God is that he doesn't invite us to just live under his roof. He invites us to sit out, down at his family table and do life together with him and with his children, you know, our fellow brothers and sisters. And so I I just remember one day I was actually substitute teaching and we were going to need to sit down at the table and talk about something hard that evening with one of our girls. And, uh, and I, I was just struggling with God and I was saying, I don't know what to do. This is crazy. I'm not equipped for this. We suddenly have teenage girls and uh, life is upside down. And, <laughs> oh, and this yeah. is crazy. <laughs> and God's, simply said to me, Nicole, as you allow me to love that little girl through you, I will heal the little girl in you. Oh. And I'm sitting in a high school classroom trying not to burst into tears. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. And this is what is so phenomenal about our God is that loving these girls has literally been healing me from the inside out. Because as I allow, I mean, really, really hard situations um, where I have to surrender my whole self to him, rather than choosing selfishness, like just being mad or being irritated or whatever, he takes that and he, I mean, his love cannot flow through you without affecting you. And so it's amazing how obedience to him is actually, you know, a lot of people think of that as a kind of a negative. What what do you mean I got to obey and surrender and who is this a tyrant? But but the truth is as we do, his power flows through us and it can't not heal us too. And so we are so blessed in our obedience and in our surrender. And so I love my girls so much and I also recognize that what has been a very hard couple of years has also been the boot camp that has absolutely transformed me and transformed my husband and allowed us to experience God in a whole new way. And one of the things I keep reminding myself through this whole global pandemic crisis is that God has been teaching me these last few years that asking the question why it is not actually very transformational. Why did this happen? And why did that happen? The real transformational question that we can ask is, who? Who do you want to be to me, God, now in this season with these girls or in this season during this quarantine or in this season, say, if someone is experiencing a sickness or a loss? Who, God, do you want to be to me now that you couldn't be to me before this circumstance? And what do you want to reveal to me about who you are um, that you can only do significant, uh, uh, specifically in this situation. And so it has been the biggest blessing, a very difficult, but a huge blessing to walk through these last few years. Dear daughter, there's some things you need to know. There's some things I don't always know I show. Dear daughter, there's some things I need to say 
I see the fear in your eyes And in case you're afraid If you wonder if I'll stay Girl, I could never walk It's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I know that it's part of just who you are. You share like your story, but thank you. That's no small thing. Um, and just that I, I know, I, not as a professional, but I know a little bit of trauma and the human experience of that. Um, and to try and work through that as a family is a real gift and something that's quite unique not not every family is able to do that or chooses to do that um so I think you and your husband are quite incredible for staying the course in that and really loving your girls well thank you so much and hey it's proof that uh, the holy spirit is alive and active because without him (laughs) I don't know if I would make it Yep, I hear that. Um, I have a few popcorn questions for you, but before I I ask you them, have I missed anything major? Is there anything you wanted to talk about? Well, you know, I just really want, again, to point people to the Lyric Bites series uh, as an opportunity for them to get still with God for themselves. And then also the journal is going to be available on my website. And so anyone can sign up uh, for, for reminders via email on my website if they'd like to oh, be notified when that becomes available, which is just NicoleUnser.com. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I, I this album, Wyoming, is I decided uh, to digitally release it one song per month because as a singer-songwriter and as a kind of more Americana artist, there's no filler on the album. Every single song is a lived experience and every single one is such a great jumping off point for a whole month's worth of discussion. And so I have a song of the month um, all the way leading up until September. The The whole time, the physical album is available on my website that I will mail out to someone um, as soon as they order it. Um, but digitally, the album will come out as a whole in September when I do release Bittersweet 16. And along with that, we are preparing a documentary where I decided one day, I, I, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be releasing that super um, personal and emotional song. And I might as well ask my family to get raw and vulnerable with me. And so we sat down in front of a camera and we talked about that day as a family. And the genesis of that really was when I walked around in that memory for myself, not being able to remember where my brother was. And so I really wanted to get his um, view of that day. And, uh, and so I thought, heck, I'll ask my family if they would, would be willing to get raw and vulnerable with me, um, on camera as both an, an example, uh, as permission and, and as an invitation to other families to maybe do the same, to get together and talk about things that have been swept under the rug, but keep tripping them up. And so in September, um, I will release the, the single Bittersweet 16, a music video that goes with it. And then also this kind of, um, I'm calling it a docu-short, maybe a 10 or 12 minute documentary, uh, including my family as well. So if people want to be notified of that, you can also sign up at my website. So those are kind of the, the, the touchstones of the year. I don't walk in condemnation.
duet with any country singer, who would it be and why? It's probably one that nobody's heard of. Her name is Holly Williams, and she is the granddaughter of Hank Williams Sr., the daughter of Hank Jr., and she Amazing. is a phenomenal artist. And uh, she is actually, she's one of the greatest influences to invite me to be more honest in my music because of how honest she is in hers. So good. That's an excellent answer. And now I'm going to have to do some Googling. I love oh, that. Thank please you. Do. Oh, I recommend your, the first one you got to look up is called Waiting on June. It will blow your mind. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. I'll put it on my list. Absolutely. Good. Um, I was on your Facebook page and saw your Easter Sunday post, which was beautiful, but I noticed that you had a reference to Aslan in there, uh, obviously representing Christ and the Narnia book series by C.S. Lewis. Uh, So as a fellow Narnia fan, what is your favourite book in the Narnia Chronicles? Well, I would admit to you, I have only seen the movies and not read the book, and that actually makes me go, wait a minute. What was that? It still counts. Trust me, I enjoy the movies too. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, that makes me want to go back and read the books, actually. But uh, really powerful to me is the scene where Aslan dies and where all hope is lost, you know, or so it appears. It's such a great picture of Christ. And I believe that's the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, yes? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I, I have to one. say that one. But now I'm going to go back and re-watch all of them, actually. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're good. I love those movies. Um, there's there's also some like original art from when when like Aslan dies. I remember posting it a previous Easter, and it's really incredible. Like the movie, it's very mm. great. I was uh, um, recently at a women's thing, and a, a gal said, "You know, when I am feeling uh, scared or fearful or whatever, I picture I picture the Lion of the Tribe of Judah standing next to me, and when fear tries to taunt me, I hear that lion roar, and then I point my finger and I say, yeah. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm yeah. taking that one and running with it. Yes. Thank you, That's Melanie. <laughs> yes. Um, my last question for you. If you could go back, say, about seven years ago before you started recording, mm-hmm. um, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now? Well, I love this because I think it's the same thing I would say to myself at age four and 56 and 17 and 32. Um, Just keep going. It's going to be hard, but it's not all bad. Whatever you do, just keep singing, keep surrendering, keep moving forward because it's going to be hard, but it's going to be okay. When I try. But your power is made perfect in my weakness. I say that my heart belongs to you, but your test and your trials prove it. It's true. There you are, there you've been, there you'll always be. And you take Nicole is just so cool. She's just like so down to earth. She's so grounded. And you know, when you talk to people and you can, I said this in an episode, but you can just tell that they've, they know themselves. Like they have faced the darkness and they have stared it in the eyes and they have seen it in themselves. And they've gone, I'm not going to let you overtake me. I'm going to, I'm going to work for health. I'm going to believe that I'm meant for more than this. I'm going to believe that my God or whatever your belief system is, is bigger and that goodness and love is bigger than trauma and pain and mental illness. And um, that just oozes from Nicole's words. She's just a ball of energy and love. And there's so much joy there, but it's like, it's, it's joy that comes from a deep well inside of her because she knows the darkness so intimately 
Um, and that's only something that you really you see in people when they when they've gone through numerous things and uh, the fact that she is in a place to share that with us and that she lets that sort of seep into her music and that she goes around sharing that with people because she realizes so many of us go through similar issues even if our stories look completely different like I grew up in a church and she did and we all have our own stuff uh, and it was cool it's part of the reason we did this podcast music brings us healing I believe God uses music to bring us healing but whatever you believe like music changes us it crosses divides it it builds bridges like metaphorically for us it builds a table so we can have coffee together every week over a podcast Nicole just like arrived she's like yep I'm here I got music and I'm on a mission and I respect that and I love that thank you Nicole and we talked about having her back. We have to. I mean, at this point, I've got a few people that we just need to talk to again. Don't ask me how we're going to make that happen, but we're going to talk about things because these are just good people and I just love having them as part of our family. My friends, if you would like to contact Nicole, Nicole would be all over it. Uh, just go and hit her up on Instagram at Nicole Unser. You can also find her on Facebook and all the socials at Nicole Unser Music. Uh, you can pick up her new single, Dear Daughter, today. Go stream it. Go buy it. You can buy all her other singles that you actually heard on this episode already. And while her album Wyoming isn't out until September, she has already recorded the full album and it is actually available in a physical copy. So if you want to go old school, I can't believe we're calling a CD old school, but if you do, you can literally go to her website now and order a copy and she will mail it to you in the post. So you have the beautiful disc and the cover booklet with the lyrics, you know, all those things that I literally have piles under my bed still. So if that is your jam, go and do that. There is a link in our show notes, or you can just go to her website, nicoleunser.com. I know we talked about some really deep stuff today, some really emotional things. And if that left you feeling unsettled uh, or just feeling like, you know what, I really want to talk to someone about this, or maybe, maybe I'm allowed to find healing too. Maybe I don't have to do this alone. Maybe I don't have to hide in the dark anymore. Maybe the stuff that happened in my childhood, even though it's years and decades later, maybe it still counts and it's still affecting me and that's okay. If that's you, I would love you to reach out and ask for help. Um, You can do it however you like. I know for me, I hate phone calls. So I honestly, uh, email is great or a text of friends. um, Or I have been known to use like lifeline help chats online. If that's you and you would like some extra help right now, please reach out and ask for help. I've included a link of find help websites and phone lines in our show notes. If you or a friend is ever in crisis or you're concerned about someone, don't hesitate. Just call emergency services. In Australia, that's triple zero. In America, that's 911. Whatever it is in your country, you're not getting it wrong by calling them. Just hit that number. If all else fails, they can pick up and tell you what the next step is. If you're in a stance more of, I just need to talk to someone, I don't know what the next step is, and I'm just feeling desperate, like you just need that voice, then calling a lifeline is awesome. You don't have to be quote unquote sick or in crisis to call a lifeline. Like I said before, I've I've used them before in like an internet capacity. So you can go and do that. The number for the American Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. And if you're in Australia, just call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Now I know that there are so many of you who live all around the world and I love that. And there is help available for you too, trust me. Just visit our friends at To Write Love on Her Arms. Their website is twaloha.com. That is T-W-L-O-H-A.com. And hit that big shiny find help button in the right-hand corner of their webpage. They are there for you. They have links and connections to lots of places in different countries. And you deserve that help. And that was it for another awesome, deep, intense, fun, cool music field episode even though it was heavy it made me so happy because I feel like that's where the healing happens and I'm so grateful that Nicole has come to a place where she's she's healed so much that she can now share that healing to us with us if that makes sense I feel like the healthiest stories and the most healing and encouraging stories happen when we and the people around us and the people who create like the music makers share honest real authentic stories and they've come to a place where they're sharing it from like wholeness they've found themselves in it or they're discovering who they are it's from a place of health they're not doing it to prove themselves or or be enough they're just doing it because they're saying this is who I am and that's Nicole so thank you Nicole 
But that is all that we have for this week's episode. We will be back next week and I promise you we have pre-recorded quite a few episodes and you're going to love them. So like I said at the start, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, whatever podcast platform you use, because you want to be getting our next episode on Friday. In the meantime, my friends, stay home, stay well, stay safe. I'm grateful that you are here and that we are alive and breathing together. I will see you next week. My name is Jessica Morris, and here's to hope. I can see the panic in your eyes, and I know you can see it in mine. We've been through some crazy things before, but nothing like this. You know I've always got a lot to say. But this has left me nothing but afraid And I've got one thing I'm holding on to And it's your hand Cause I believe Together we'll get through this Together no matter what it is There's no valley too deep No river too wide No mountain too steep We can climb together We got all we need Together just watch and see It's hard to find an enemy when the sky is too dark to see. And we can't even start to believe we're fighting with each other. But if we really look deep enough, I believe we can find the love. And when this storm is finally past, we see that all we have is what we have together. listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to jesuswire.com.